Welcome to the Gospel Addict Podcast. I'm Greg Bryan. And I'm Jim Resky. We're gospel addicts because we believe the gospel of Jesus isn't just good news, it's the best news ever. We're addicted to the gospel because it doesn't just start us out in the Christian life, it is the Christian life. Join us as we look at the Bible through the lens of the gospel. Thanks so much for listening. You're listening to another episode of the Gospel Addict Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Bryan, with my co-host, Jim Resky. It's good to be together, Jim. Before we start, you know, we're kind of at the end of 2023. Mm-hmm. And we've been we've been like doing podcasts now quite some time, like all of 2023. So I just did some research on some stats I want to share with you okay. about the far-reaching impact that our podcast has had. First of all, I want to say uh, Gospel Attic Podcast. I mean, we believe the gospel is the best news ever. We believe the gospel can change your life, not from the outside in, but from the inside out. And we believe that if you really understand the gospel, it makes you the best person that, that God created you to be. It will change your life. It changes everything. It's not just the ABCs of the Christian life just to get you into heaven, but it's the A to Z of the Christian life. And we're going to talk more about that on this episode. We're going to talk about the topic of rewards. What does the Bible say about rewards and and how does that impact a, a gospel-driven life or what does that look like? But back to my uh, first thing, Jim, in the year of 2023, over 12,000 people have downloaded our podcast. No kidding. And, that, and there might even be, I, you know, there could be more. I don't know, but but well over twelve thousand people, eighty six percent listen on Apple, seven percent listen on Spotify, and six percent listen on Google. Huh. The top country is obviously no no problem no no uh, surprise here USA. But do you know what the second most popular country is? No, no idea. Take a guess. Canada, Australia, Australia. Oh, that's you know, right. The, we early listeners there, didn't we? Right. You know what the third most popular country is? Okay, now I'm going to think about this answer a little more. Spain. Nope. Ghana. Ghana. So, just in the order of one to ten, the top countries based on the most popular is USA, Australia, Ghana. Then fourth is Singapore. Oh wow. Fifth is Guinea. And then sixth is Spain. Okay. And then seventh is France. Eighth is Canada. Ninth is Germany. And tenth is Botswana. Wow. Well, special shout out then to our listeners in Australia. They're number one. They're number, yeah, number one besides America. And Ghana, number two, right? Yeah, besides America. So uh, the right. USA. Isn't uh, that surprising? It, well, it is. I think I'm trying to remember the, the early discussions about this, trying to look at those statistics and understand it. It almost seems like there would be a small group that would kind of spread by, you imagine spreading by word of mouth. There's one or two, then there's 10, then there's 20. Like it's just a small group of people in a country like that that's listening to it saying, hey, I just picked this up and spreading it by word of mouth. So if you're one of those people, we really appreciate it. And we're we're just hoping um, this, is, this is something we do for free. It's not like it's any kind of you know, um, uh, paid thing we're doing. We just hope it ministers to people and helps people grow in Christ, right? Exactly, exactly. So guess what? Guess how many countries we've reached? 
guess how many countries? In 2023, we have touched 88 countries. 88 countries. Think about that. 88 countries. Wow. I mean, that is like, that's huge. Staggering. What would it take to travel to 88 countries and just have it strike up a spiritual conversation with somebody? Yeah. Now, do you want to hear some of our most popular episodes? Yeah, please. One of our most popular episodes was titled A Discussion of the Life of Jacob with Greg Bryan, Jim Reske, and Pat Keating. Oh, wow. That was back in January. Okay. That that one that one was one of our most popular episodes. And then another most popular episode was you teaching lessons from the life of Abraham. Oh, the Abraham one. Boy, I got so much. The Lord taught me so much out of doing that and prepping for that about yeah like well that's great i'm really isn't it cool like that that episode like spread all over the world well that's fantastic because i i took i actually took a lot of that episode and i wasn't going to do this but i I just i felt like i learned so much by doing that that i ended up uh writing that out and putting that as a chapter in the book so yeah the uh, the book that i'm working on so well um, that makes sense because uh it obviously struck a chord with not just you but with lots of people no fantastic fantastic and honestly and that again this is, sounds like it's spiritual pride so i'm gonna lose rewards by talk, saying this but a lot of that was like stuff i thought was original it's not stuff i usually i'm like looking at things and really we're, we're getting from commentators and we're drawing from people i often draw very much from tim keller and i'm very happy to give attribution and acknowledgement to people when we say look I, here's a thought but i got this straight from tim keller right because he's way better than i am and i'm way happy to please listen to what he said on this topic and not me but a lot of that Abraham stuff was stuff I felt like just it's like um, spirit led discovery, reading the Bible, which I should be encouraging people as a, as a lay person. I'm, I mean, I'm not a professional Christian. I have a day job and just like to study the Bible. But if I can do you too, just in, in studying the Bible and going through it, God can open your eyes and reveal these great things in the scriptures. So, yeah, I think the cool thing is that both of us were, were, um, we're not, um, we're amateur theologians. That's right. We are welcome to be proven wrong. Mm-hmm. Like we we are not dogmatic in the sense of if we if we teach something that is wrong, we're, we we want to be corrected. We want to you know, um, oh, yeah. you know, we're we're willing to we're willing to say that we're wrong. And so we're going to talk about a topic tonight, um, the topic of rewards in heaven. Right. And um, I always get a little nervous. Um, uh thinking about rewards in heaven because they can become your primary motivation for your christian life mm-hmm. and i and i worry that if they do become the primary motivation for your christian life then all of a sudden you're off track yeah. you've fallen back into performance driven christianity and so we want to we want to get into that but before we do the thing that excites me about what I just shared about the 88 countries, you know, it reminds me that so much of what we do in this life, we will never know the true impact of it until we're in eternity. And so like Jim, you know, we, we've been doing these podcasts. We have no idea how they spread. We don't pay for advertising. We're not making money from the podcast. We're just, Two guys that love Jesus and 
have been changed by the gospel and want to share that with other people, want to share what we've learned and pass it along. Right. So it's just so cool for, to think about, you know, hundreds of people in Spain listening to us and, and benefiting uh, hopefully um, from some of the things that we share. And, but I, I just love that whole idea. And, and this is what gets me excited about rewards in heaven is that, you know, so much of what we do, we will never, we never know that the impact of it, including this podcast, like That's right. I can, I, I have a, you know, I, I have, you know, the data that shows me the 88 countries have listened to our podcast, but I have, but I have no idea who those people are. And I have no idea the impact that whatever they listened to had on their lives, but maybe one day we will know that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So let's, let's dive into this topic of rewards. Uh, Jim, you brought it up recently. What, what made you want to bring it up? Well, so, um, we should probably talk, talk about first maybe the, the the kind of view of rewards that is out there that we see. Um, so uh, it, it, maybe I could ask you, Greg, to summarize that because you sent me an article about this and I've been doing some research on this and commentators. And so uh, just kind of the, the view and a lot of it comes from uh, the, the uh, pastor scripture in Second uh, Corinthians 5, I believe. Yeah, we probably should read that. Yeah, so let me just, I'll read 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10. And then maybe if you want to take a second, Greg, and say this is the kind of the view that's espoused in the, the article you sent me earlier today, but also other commentators. And I will kind of talk about what, what that view is, um, what the implications are, why it might, why, my first reaction, why it rubs me the wrong way. Kind of because it's, it's all about the single line to give you a preview. Yeah. And then what if it's true? What if it's not true? And what could it possibly mean? What if that's because there are all these verses that talk about rewards. So what do they really mean? Anyway, that's kind of a maybe an outline for what we could talk about tonight. But the, a lot of it really comes from this verse in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10, uh, that says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due for us for the things done while in the body whether good or bad. And the words judgment seat are often translated, uh, in the Greek word for that I think is bima seat. So people talk about the bima seat of Christ. And it's not just this verse. There's another verse in Romans that talks about this. I'll get it here in a minute if you want to get the reference. But then there are some other verses as well that talk about uh, crowns. You're going to have, Christians are going to have crowns in heaven. And, um, and so the notion is that you know, you are going to be judged at the Bema Seat of Christ, uh, even if you are a believer. So, but it, once you, Greg, if you want to take it from there, build on that and talk about what the that view that of the rewards is, so we can. Yeah, well, the view of this is that most Christians don't fully realize the seriousness of this verse. What this verse is saying that we're all going to have to give an account to Jesus for everything that we've done uh, here on Earth, all that is good and all that with the bad and that this verse is teaching us that rewards will be given to us by God. And those rewards are totally dependent on what we accomplish for him while living down here on earth. Right. Well, we totally dependent on what we accomplish for him while living down here on earth. And that's what, I think that's what kind of uh, scares us a little bit um, because yeah. it just feels like, 
the whole motivation for those rewards is we got to accomplish more. I want to accomplish more. That's and right. so, um, yeah. And it just, it feeds pride. Um, it's meant to. And, and it also, there's fear and pride that a lot of, that I think can be taken from this verse that I'm not sure is really, um, when you take the Bible as a whole and you take, you know, what Jesus said and, and, um, you know, other verses about our Christian life and sanctification. I think this is, this makes me nervous that, um, you know, you can just become so like a spiritually proud person and just uh, be like, I'm going to accomplish more than you do. For sure. Because I'm going to get more rewards than you do. Uh, Yeah. And, and the writers who write about this say, well, you don't want to be the one with no rewards. So you want to be the one that you know shows up in front of the bema seat of christ and that's nothing to show for your life right so what they're trying to do is motivate you and so let me just take a second to talk about the single line because we we throw that image around people who follow the podcast might know but a lot of people might not know it's really super simple it's just an image image of what the christian life looks like at least what i used to think the christian life looks like but i don't think it's an accurate view but the view goes like this. It says, look, if you draw a simple graph on a piece of paper, you know, and on the vertical axis up and down is holiness. And on the horizontal axis is time. And there's two lines, right? A very simple graph. And put your pencil in the bottom left corner and draw a line at a 45 degree angle up and to the right. And so now you've drawn a picture of the Christian life. Oh, wait, but wait, put a cross at the bottom left corner. And now you've got a drawing of the way these people look at the Christian life. It's the single line approach. It says, Jesus died to wipe all your sins away. Justification is by faith alone, by his grace, all given to you. Now, the rest of your Christian life is all about climbing up that single line over time, improving your holiness. So hopefully your line is at a 45 degree angle. It's lumpy, they'll say. It's not always direct. But it should be rising and moving up and to the right over time, because while grace was operative for your justification, for you becoming a Christian, it is no longer operative for your sanctification. In other words, yes, 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 Jesus saved you, wiped your sins away, but now your Christian life is all on you. And they might even say, well, his grace is going to help you, but it's all about your spiritual performance. And so... A lot of what you and I talk about on this podcast, what makes us gospel addicts, is that we've kind of said, no, the Christian life isn't about that. Grace is what drives you for your entire Christian life. You don't set it aside when you become a Christian and then switch back to hard work and effort. Grace is what propels you. And you can look at, oh, let me find this verse for you, because it's great, a great verse. Uh, I don't have the tip of my tongue, but I'll get it for you. It's in Titus. And it says, uh, the grace of Christ teaches us to deny all ungodliness. It's the grace that motivates us and moves us along in our Christian life. It's not, uh, here, it's Titus 2, verses 11 and 12. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us, it is grace. Grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. In other words, grace, because you've been given this salvation, you're so grateful for it. It, it. it is what teaches you to deny ungodliness and worldly passions and live a self-controlled life and to change your life, right? But that's a very different view than the single line, which is that, no, grace was good for your salvation. Now the rest is up to you. And when you read the things you were reading from and you looked at about 
rewards and I start looking at lots and lots of commentators, they don't look at it that way. They say, they look at it and say, you know, it's your, your Christian life, your spiritual performance is all on you and you're going to be judged at the Bema Seat of Christ. And some of them, Greg, went so far as to say, it's not just that he's just going to dole out rewards. All your sins are going to be scrolled behind you. A couple commentators I read said that. So like as if as if they were they were, you know, I'm sure they didn't have stadium-sized LCD screens in the New Testament, but they were picturing like a rolling scroll of all your bad deeds. So everyone around you could see this. And you could just see Jesus like shaking his head, going, you know, tisk, 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 like, well, geez, you know, look at you, Jim. Look at you. Can you can't that doesn't make any sense to me at all? Because we we know that the Bible teaches there's two judgments. There's a great white throne judgment. It's uh, mentioned in Revelation, and that's when there's these books that are opened. Mm-hmm. And um, but there's books that contain all of a person's sins and and what what their uh, what their uh, what their life looks like. But then there's then, then it mentions then there's the book of life. Right. And if your name is in the book of life, then it's because you've trusted in Jesus um, for your salvation for for your forgiveness and then you know you're 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 good with god right. and it's those people that go to the judgment seat of christ so it doesn't make any sense to me that when they get to the judgment seat of christ that, that god's gonna bring up your sin because your sin has already been paid for at that point well what would it uh, mean absolutely if jesus if my sin is all going to be scrolled at a big you know stadium-sized screen behind me while i stand at the judgment seat of christ which sounds like a way to, I, I think someone, some teacher is teaching this because they say, look, my job is to get you to crawl up the single line. My job as a teacher is to get you to move up into the right. How am I going to get you to change your lives, shape up, be better people, be better Christians, perform for Christ? How am I going to get you to do that? I know I'll use carrots and sticks because yeah. that works to modify behavior, right? So here's a carrot you're going to get. If you do, if you do it right, you'll get all kinds of rewards. You'll get red Corvettes in heaven. It'll be great. But if you don't, the scroll of a sin going behind you, the humiliation, hanging your head in shame. How does that kind of feel? So it's a carrots and stick approach to change behavior. Right? Yeah. And it's dangerous. That's where that's where religion, religion is actually dangerous and harmful when um it becomes like that manipulation, that control. And that is not what the Bible teaches. That is not the gospel. Um just uh, throwing in there another verse that uh, kind of going along with one of the ones you shared is Second um, Peter three eighteen, where um, Peter ends his letter saying, "Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Grow in grace. I love that. Growing in grace. What is that? That is what our spiritual life is supposed to look like. And then the whole book of Galatians, which I know you're going to be teaching part of." Right. And in the next couple of weeks is is a Paul's letter to the Galatians. It's written to believers who have fallen away from the gospel. They've fallen back into that performance um, mentality. And I, I think that it's it's such a strong default setting in, in the human heart that um, it's easy for us to fall back into that. But um, it is. um yeah, so so when I think about the judgment seat of Christ, I think 
it's going to be more of a celebration, a worship, um, a joyful judgment, which I know, you know, hearing the word judgment doesn't sound like it's joyful, but that perhaps, um, and I might be jumping a little bit ahead. Hold on, hold that thought there. Don't okay. jump ahead. Yeah. A couple of things. Let's I not jump to... ahead. Well, let's 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 unpack it just a little more before we get to that. Because I think yes. you and I, you've taught on this before. I know you've taught on this, and I love your teaching on it about what it could really mean. Which I think, and both of us, I think, more in line with Tim Keller's or some of his teaching on this too. But um, since you mentioned Galatians. Galatians was written to a group of people that heard the gospel, responded so well, and then other people came along and said, no, 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 it's not just Jesus plus nothing, it's Jesus plus. you. Yes, 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 you are saved by Jesus, wonderful, but you got to follow the law too, you got to do all these things on top of it. So not it to get, you know, to, to please God, you can't just rely on Jesus's grace, you must do all these other things too, and Paul really comes down on them pretty hard i'm looking at galatians 3 he says you foolish galatians who has bewitched you before your very eyes jesus christ was clearly portrayed as crucified as if to say the cross is enough he's, he's not saying yes the, the cross started you out but then the rest is up to you he said think about the cross and then in verse this is galatians 3 verse 2 i would like to learn just one thing from you did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard and this is the key verse, Galatians 3.3. 3. Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the spirit? Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? And in other versions I have, it says, after beginning by the spirit, are you now trying to be perfected by the flesh, by means of the flesh? In other words, you, you started your spiritual life because of the grace. Now you think it's by your human effort and obeying the law that's going to perfect your Christian life? What's the matter with you? And it's like, that's the crux. Galatians 3.3 is the crux of the issue, right? And then he goes on to say, he refers back to Abraham, actually, and says, you know, the Abraham believed God, it was credited to him as righteousness, right? It was given to him as righteousness. So Galatians is like kind of a refutation of this whole idea of Jesus plus, that you need more than that. Um, and, and it kind of, uh, um, and, and it kind of, it, it goes on from there. Um, yeah. And it feeds it, it yeah, it, it if you if you follow that, Jesus plus, you fall into spiritual pride. Um or, or um yeah, I mean it's just it's it uh it's a it's a dangerous it's a dangerous uh place to place to go. Well here's one thing that surprised me reading these commentators, and I read a whole slew of them in a row on on the whole concept of rewards. Um, and there's a whole world of Christian commentators. Obviously, the people who write Christian commentary and full-time Christian work, as I know you are, Greg, so I don't want to you know, disperse that, right? But but what, what shocked me is they don't have the attitude you have on this. They're writing about this verse, and they get to the verse on, like, about the beam of seed of Christ, and they get excited about it, and they start writing about it in these really glowing terms, like, oh, this is such a great verse. And it's really motivational and it's so exciting and it's so great. And it's so, you know, heartwarming to know that um, there's going to be all these great rewards for my spiritual performance. And, and, and as if they're trying to say, yeah, I believe in grace to wipe my sins away, but now there's a home for all my good works. So finally, I will get some credit 
for having given my life to Christian work, to Christian service, for all these things I've done for the Lord, I will get some rewards for it. You see, it's so, and they kind of, they, they go on a riff off this one verse to talk about what a couple of them say, there's going to be different levels in heaven, you see, and we're going to, some of us are going to get the higher levels in heaven. In other words, when I read the verse, because of my, the understanding, a little, little bit of understanding I have of the gospel that you and I share on this podcast and that really, you know, Keller helped amplify and understand in my life, which comes from Luther and, and many, many others, is our sin problem is way worse than we think it is. Our sin problem is so horrific that it took the death of the Son of God to wipe it away. Our sin problem is not a tiny little thing. It is a it is a massive sin problem. We're constantly out of touch with it. We always underestimate it. We never really get it. And yet these writers who write about the rewards say, you know, it's, it's really cool. There's going to yeah. be great rewards yeah. for people like me who have done so well. And so I read it, I think, if that if if it works the way you say it works, what a horror show. What a horror show. Mm. What hope is there? And they look, they write about it like, this is just going to be great. And I think, well, who did, how well do you think you're going to do before the beam is seen at Christ? And, and I think on this, you know, this, we draw the single line, we talk about it like a scale. I think they all think they're like nines and tens, eights and nines out of a scale of 10. And so it's going to be a wonderful day to have their spiritual performance evaluated in front of everybody. And I right. think if not for the grace of God, what a, I mean, it, what a horror show. It's it's going to be an awful day. Why are you looking forward to this? Um, so that's that was a huge surprise to me. And the tone was relentlessly the same in all the writers I was reading. Yeah, like, speaking of that, speaking of that, let me, um, I'm going to quote one of the writers. I'm not going to share the writer's name, but here's what he says, and, and I want to get your reaction to this. Okay. He says, now he's talking about that passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, that each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. He, he says, my interpretation of this verse is the greater and better our labor and work is for the Lord in this life, the greater our rewards will be in heaven. I believe that there will be a direct correlation between the two. Greater service will be leading to greater rewards. I, 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 I recoil in horror, Greg. Because like, when you hear reaction, something like, like that, when you hear something like that, and you're not in full time Christian work, you think, well, gee, I, you know, you feel guilty, like, man, I should be in full time Christian work, right? Hey, I would if, tell you something like this: Hey, you're in full time Christian work. Right. I would tell this guy who wrote that passage, how how good do you think you are? Rate yourself on a scale of one to ten. How how high of an evaluation? Because then you said, let me let's let's read Philippians where Paul talks about his own good works. And he says, I have a better resume than all of you. You know what it is? All my righteousness? He, he said, it's filthy rags. And Paul, when he does his own self-assessment, Paul says, I am the chief of sinners. So if you have a big line, if you're going to have the, if the BBC of Christ is going to line and say, before we judge, go to the judge, see BBC, everybody line up um, from the best Christian to the worst Christian. Paul is going to run to the back of the line. Paul is going to say, I belong. You don't get it. I belong at the back of the line. I am the worst Right. And, so, and and all these people who write these commentators say, well, not me, not me. I think I'm, I might not be the front of the line, but I'm kind of up, up there. I can't wait for this day. Finally, I'll get some recognition for all the good things I've done. And Paul says, well, you're a better Christian than I am. You're way better than me. All my righteousness, filthy rags, and I belong at the back of the line. Good luck. This author goes on and he says, how well you work for God and what you accomplish for him while you're while down here on this earth is where your good works will be coming in. 
The gift of eternal salvation gets you into heaven, but mm. good works will be getting you the bigger and better rewards once you enter into heaven. That's why the Bible says faith without works is dead. Oh my gosh. So, so, <laughs> so this is why we had to do this podcast and talk this over. This is why I had to, my book was actually done, by the way, I had to reopen it because I want to write another chapter about this because it's such a, so important. It is not, it is not someone saying, just saying, I, I feel like I'm a nine out of 10 on the scale. And therefore I'm looking forward to this day. Like out of self, it, it is self-righteousness. Okay. It, it definitely is. It's not just that it's a theological point of view that um, it's a theological point of view that says salvation is grace is only operative self for salvation. It is not for your Christian life. Your Christian life is that's, that's your hard work and effort. It's up to you. So I, I, I look at that guy and I say, well, you, you must think you're better than the apostle Paul. But here, here's another question for someone like that. who writes that and say, what if, what if it's not like that? What if there are no rewards for you? What if, it, what if, what if you, everything you do in the Christian life, all the sacrifices you made, in full-time Christian service, all the commentaries you wrote, all the great things, art, Christian articles you published, all that great stuff. What if there were no personal rewards for you? Would you still have done it? What if there's no red Corvette for you in heaven? Would you still have done it? Would you sit, uh, how, what, what would the guy say? Would he sit back in his chair and say, oh, wait a second. I thought, I thought there's a big pile of gold for me. I thought there was a big, bigger mansion than the next guy for me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Addict Podcast. Feel free to contact us via email at gospeladdictpodcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our next episode. And remember, on your worst days, you're never beyond the reach of God's grace. And on your best days, you're never beyond the need of God's grace. See you next time.